underestimate the power of the dark side. If you will not fight, then you will meet your destiny. Dobby has no master. Dobby is a free elf. And Dobby has come to save Harry Potter and his friends. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Hello, 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 and good afternoon. And you are listening to Girls on Film here on Radio Caram. And just before that, we were listening to Choice Cuts. Yeah, hi, uh, Carenza. How are you going? Good, although I've got a bit of a dicky microphone. I think I've got it <laughs> back then. I said, Do you know what I, what I reminded myself of? I could, I could make it crackle again. Exterminate. <laughs> Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I love that. Actually, um, I'm going to digress. Sorry. First of all, welcome to Girls on Film. <laughs> that was Choice Cuts that you were listening to. It is me, Carenza, sounding a little bit more normal there. And Kim. And we are back this afternoon. Now, that voice, it reminded me, obviously, of the Daleks. Yeah. And um, I was watching a YouTube clip um, from some of the uh, parades for the Queen, and there were some Daleks marching. There really? you go. Yeah, I didn't see some that Some Daleks part. there in the processions. I did watch a little bit of it. So it was they're obviously great. very quintessent- quintessentially English Daleks. Very much. I haven't watched any of the later seasons, so I might actually... Uh do you know, I'm going to show my age. I'm of the Tom Baker vintage. Me too. Even the one before that, the old guy with the grey <laughs> oh, hair. Right. What What's was his, his name? Oh, I can't, I can't remember. remember. But um, yeah. Now, I'm... actually, we are not reviewing Doctor Who today, no, so no. I digress yet again. Bumper the... show coming up today. Kim, you've been out and about. I have. I've been to the theatre where I saw uh, Girl of North Country, which is a, a show, um, I guess, it just um, showcasing Bob Dylan and all his hits, or, or a lot of them anyway. I think he, there was over 20 songs so of a bit, his. So a bit like um, uh, the ABBA, the ABBA yeah, one, yeah, a bit a like bit Mamma like, Mia. A bit like Mamma Mia. So a story around the songs. Absolutely. A bit like Mamma Mia. Well, very good. What are the other ones? To Queen, about We Will one. Rock yes. You. Uh, and we saw one with Alanis Morissette. What was that one called? Jagged Little Pig. Jagged Little Pill. So, so it's a bit like that where okay. they just showcase the songs of the artists, but it's actually not about them. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. And you've also been to the movies uh, for the long awaited. I'm sorry, I can't bring myself to go and see this because I so am not a oh, Tom Cruise fan. you will love it. Look, I was really off him as well, especially after the Jumping on the Couch episode on Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> but can I tell you, he's back in my good books. He's back in your good he books. He is Top Gun Maverick. What a film. Go and see it. I think it's even better than the first one. Right. It's so Ripper. We're going to hear a lot about that. Now, I have been watching The Staircase. Oh, yeah. Now, for those of you, um, it's a true crime story. It's one of those true crimes that they've, you know, their podcast mm. or sort of things, it's turned into a, into a TV show and it's fascinating and it's a 
did did the merger happen or not? It's so pretty gruesome, that isn't it? And, um, and there's a doco dark. series that follows on from that, there isn't there? Is, or it there was based is. on that or That's something, right. wasn't well, it? Well, I shall tell you all about Good, it later. Okay. And then I'm also at the end going to check out um, Sex Education, which is um, a really highly rated show over on Netflix. Do you know that's the first show we've reviewed together that you've reviewed that I haven't seen? I've so seen have every single show we've ever done except for that one. Well, so. let's kick it off this afternoon. You've been to Top Gun, Kim. Let's have a listen to the Top Gun trailer. Anytime will do, Carenza. What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. Then we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. We're going into combat on a level no living pilot's ever seen. Not even him. You think up there you're dead. Believe me. My dad believed in you. I'm not gonna make the same mistake. Someone's not coming back from this. Those are your pilots. Anything happens to them. You'll never forgive yourself. No turning back now. Having any fun yet? What a trailer. I always, uh, I almost wish I was back in the cinema watching that right now. It was so good. In fact, I might even go and see it again this time in the IMAX or something because it was ripper. Anyway, so this is Tom Cruise Maverick. So this is set 36 years later so it's one of the longest periods of time for any sequel in movie history Carenza so if you've never been to see the first mm-hmm. Top Gun yeah do you need to see it or do you not need really, to know a bit no. about the plot it, look, or? It, not really because it kind of goes into it a little bit and kind of tells the story a little bit a bit of a catch-up and so forth so this is set more than 30 years um, after obviously where he's still in service probably one of the best and top uh, of Navy's um, aviators and uh, uh, Tom Cruise plays Pete Mitchell uh, where he, and he's back where he belongs at, at Top Gun. So um, he continues to push the envelope as usual uh, as the, the courageous test pilot but once again Carenza he finds himself in deep trouble which any you know ends up getting him pushed back to Top Gun where he really doesn't want to be because he's not a teacher 
Um, so from there, uh, he's given the responsibility of training the top or the best of the best pilots. Um, and he has to train them for basically a real-life suicide mission. So, yeah, it's it's real life. It's not just training this time. Um, yeah, so and it includes the son of his... Uh, deceased co-pilot back in the first movie which so that's the bit i guess that you have to understand that his well, best they, mate died in the first yeah, movie yeah yeah and he always held himself responsible even though he was cleared of any wrongdoing but his son who's got the hashtag or or the name uh nickname rooster um yeah he still holds the grudge okay. because he kind of well loosely blames him for um, his Maverick. Death. Yeah, because I mean, he was a bit of a show pony back in the day, mm. and and whatever. But as I said, he wasn't responsible at all. So um, yeah, and there was some other stuff that he still held a grudge um, against Maverick for. But um, yeah, this time they have to work together to successfully successfully carry out this mission, and it is amazing. Um, it was uh, one hundred seventy million dollars worth of movie at the box. Uh, you know, to that, make it to make it. Goodness gracious! And it took six hundred and thirty-five. The uh, million at the box office, so, so it's made a decent profit. It has, already. and it continues to do so. Yeah. So, Carissa, the development of this film commenced way back in 2010. Really? Yeah. Like more than 20, more than 12 years ago. Yeah. Now Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise were the only ones to sign on back then. Um, with you know the the producer of the first one, Jerry Bruckheimer, I think you pronounce. Um, yeah, but it was put on hold uh, because the then original director died. So, yeah, it was pretty sad. So um, Cruz remained committed to it. And so with Jerry and Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer, they decided to, you know, pretty much get it off the ground. Um, So they appointed a new director in Joseph uh, Kaczynski. uh, And he was announced in way back in December uh, 2017. So uh, the film was then commenced and went ahead and I think it was the end of 2019 that it was concluded. So it was a long, long process. Um, They paid the Navy over uh, $11,000 per hour to fly the planes with a pilot. Okay. In order to film this sequence. So uh, using the Super Hornets, of course, uh, as you see in the movie. Um, the actors filmed the whole process up in the up in the air, so they had to be trained. So Tom Cruise, how's this, Karenza? He's such a perfectionist that he set up a training regime camp for mm-hmm. all the actors. Or there was, I think, six pilots that played the the actors that played the pilots. Yeah. Set it up so they, um, you know, to concentrate on not only filming the sequences, but um, you know, basically, so they wouldn't get so sick. Goodness gracious, this is obviously why it costs such a lot of money to film it. But obviously, you know, this is, I think, has been one of the most anticipated movie sequels, hasn't it? Certainly oh. post-COVID, that well, I can think of. Can you imagine the aerobatics and the high G-forces being up yeah. there? I mean, you know, but also they had to create an awareness because they were the cinematographers in the air. Yes. So it's crazy. So they set it up. The uh, they set it up like they were actually flying the plane, and so they p- basically put a fake cockpit in the in the rear seat. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and filmed it that way. How cool! That's how they did it. Yeah, Very clever. Yeah. Look, this film truly is an epic blockbuster. It really is. I think it's better than the original. I think it was just fantastic, an incredible film. I'd give it five stars. In fact, if there was any higher rating that i could give it i'd give it that it's the best film i think i've seen in the last five years how's that for that is a huge rating so Mm -hmm. um and from someone who's not a tom cruise fan 
oh, go ahead and see it. I mean, I wasn't even a Tom Cruise fan. I mean, I loved him back in the day, uh, but then I went right off him. But this time, you know, as I said, I've got, I'm really back in love with Tom again. Uh, he's actually an accomplished pilot himself, Corenza. Yeah, I did know that. I did know that. Yeah, yeah. And one of the, his planes is actually in the film. It's a World War Two P-51 Mustang. And he actually flies out in that at the end of the film. And that's actually him. Wow. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, so. That's, you liked it. I loved it. I loved it. And I'm. I'm so, um, yeah, it was worth the investment in the popcorn and the choc top, Kimmy. I did have popcorn and I did have a choc top. And a Coke. No, I didn't. Oh, my goodness. No, no, I didn't have a drink because of all the popcorn. I was so thirsty. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to leave and so get thirsty. one, but I didn't want to leave my seat. Wow. Well, that's a very good uh, rating. Now, of course, the big thing in uh, the original Top Gun was Berlin's Take My Breath Away. It was oh. the huge song, but it's still even played today on the radio. Who sings, it's like the John James Bond theme, who sings the theme song from Top Gun? And is it as good as Berlin's Take My Breath Away? Because that uh, is a, um, that is, those are huge shoes to follow, aren't they? Look, the score was fantastic. And once again, it was done by Hans Zimmer, but he teamed up with Lady Gaga. So this is what you get. You get a great soundtrack. So um, I chose Lady Gaga's Hold My Hand. Yeah, well, let's have a quick listen before we go to Gaga. This was the original. And nothing can really beat this. No, and, and there was some... When really you think Top Gun, that's what you think, isn't it? This Absolutely. Song? I've still got the whole soundtrack. There were so many good um, choices on that first uh, movie soundtrack. But uh, this one's pretty good too. I, I'd, I'd go so far as saying probably not as good as the first one because it's, it was kind of unbeatable really, wasn't it? Uh, but... This movie um, soundtrack was was right up there. So five stars for Top Gun mm-hmm. from Kim. Top Gun Maverick, get out to the movies and go and see it. And you've chosen Hold My Hand, Lady Gaga. I want to know, listeners, tell us if you think this is as good as the original uh, Berlin's Take My Breath Away. And you are listening to Girls on Film here on Radio Karam. Hi, I'm Dr. Floyd Gomes, uh, a.k.a. Atticus Health with Dr. Floyd, you might recall, and it's great to be here at Radio Karam. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Atticus Health there, and they will make you feel all right. Now, do not forget the Karam Winter Gala, the Radio Karam Winter Gala on June the 24th. That's on a Friday in just a couple of weeks' time here at the Roy Dore Reserve Pavilion in Karam. It's only $30, and tickets are almost sold out, so this is your last chance to get some. Now, your entry will include some gourmet food, drinks and arrival and door prizes, but most of all, your $30 goes to support your really local, totally awesome uh, internet radio station here. At 
Radio Karen and keeping shows um, on air like the uh, amazing shows that you've heard all of this Super Sunday um, some fantastic programs on a Sunday I reckon Kimmy best day of the week to be listening to um, Radio Karen wouldn't you say absolutely we've got our tickets haven't we we We're have indeed now our next review is going to be The Staircase um, mm. it's the HBO drama which you can see on Netflix or you can also sorry not Netflix what am I saying you can see it on Foxtel and Binge not Netflix let's have a listen anyway to the trailer families like us to the petersons i'd like to make a toast to so many better days ahead every day is going to be an adventure so always stop and think this is one of the happiest days of my life to the petersons to us There were 35 cuts and bruises and seven deep lacerations to the scalp. Someone's holding something caused the impact to make these wounds. Make any adjustments you see fit. It's a witch hunt. We need to get you a lawyer. In case like this, keep your family close. You'll need them on your side. We have no murder weapon, but we've found countless images on his computer. Dad tells stories. I kept that from all of us. Not from Mom. She would have told me. <laughs> you're beautiful, and you're my daughter. I got a call from a couple documentarians. They want to make a movie about our case. The French do have good taste. The fact of the matter is she had some wine and fell. You just wander through life going to the gym and yelling at the dogs and spending my money. You took the life of the best thing you ever had. I haven't even told you half of what we know about Germany. It was 25 years ago and nothing happened. You know, there wasn't even any blood. Well, there was some blood, Michael. My ex-wife, everyone, she'll be around all week. Dad has been there for us always. Stop questioning everything. Just stop. I can't. I can't. I can't. Do you really think that Kathleen Peterson really knew who her husband was? Mr. Peterson. I think there are not many families like us. I'm tired all the time. We need help. We're not perfect. But we stick together. They called me a liar! Maybe we both are. And we love each other. The Petersons are crazy. There you have it, the trailer there for the HBO drama, The Staircase, which actually is showing in Australia on Foxtel and on their syndicated kind of channel, um, Binge. Mm. Now, Kim, it's been dropping every single week um, and there are eight episodes. Now, some of you may have heard the words The Staircase before and you would be right because this is an American true crime story. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually been made um, as a documentary, which I'll talk a little bit more about. Now, you can also see that documentary on Netflix. So today I'm giving you two reviews for the price of one. Wow. Now, um, it's um, it's a story, as I said, based on the 2004 true crime docu-series of the same name that was created by Jean-Xavier de Lestrade, um, a French filmmaker that mm. tells the story of Michael Peterson. And now this, this, I guess, mini-series retells that story. They're actually embedded into the film too. They are too. embedded into the film too, yeah. or the story. So the series stars Colin Firth as Michael Peterson, um, who is a, uh, a writer who's convicted of murdering his wife, Kathleen Peterson, who's played by Tony Collette. His wife was found dead at the bottom of the staircase in their home. Now... Colin Firth in this show. You mean you would know Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy mm-hmm. or from Bridget Jones's Diary where he plays frightfully British English characters. My word, his acting is tremendous as it is, is his accent. Um, and Tony Collette, who is absolutely sensational in this story and a huge supporting cast. So look, after she's found dead at the bottom of the stairs, and I said to you, people would have probably heard or read about this. I hadn't. I'd never heard no, of the I staircase before actually watching the miniseries. So after she's found dead at the bottom of a staircase in in their home, Michael Peterson, her husband and a crime novelist, is accused of bludgeoning his wife Kathleen to death. And as the investigations continue, the family is thrown into a tumultuous legal battle that we follow. And as you said, Kim, meanwhile, a French documentary team takes an interest in the story. Um, so we see Colin Firth as Michael Peterson. Um, he's obviously married to his wife, Kathleen, um, and they live in Durham in um, United States. Um, now, his finances and his personal life become the focus of not only the investigation, but also the documentary that are made by the French filmmakers. Now, Tony Collette is Kathleen Peterson. Now, she's his second wife mm. and mother of her daughter, Caitlin, because this is a blended family. So when Kathleen and um, Michael met and married, they brought children from their previous relationships into the family. Now, Kathleen was a very high-powered executive. Um, she's very well-liked by her family and the community. Mm. And in fact, fact i think you know as you watch the show you come to realize that she's potentially the, the breadwinner in in the relationship too now there's some fantastic um supporting cast came so patrick schwarzenegger plays todd who's michael's youngest son that's from, arnie's son that's right from his first marriage and sophie turner do you remember sophie absolutely game of, game thrones. of thrones fantastic plays margaret michael's daughter whom he's adopted after her biological parents died she along with his first wife terrific now the um the story is really um, interesting. So it, it sort of follows everything that's going and happening, um, it really. And it, it goes and it looks back at the whole trial. Mm. Um, and it gets you asking lots and lots of questions about whether or not um, is Michael guilty or not guilty. Now, did you know that Harrison Ford was initially set to star in the lead role of Michael Peterson? Wow. But then he was replaced by Colin Firth. And then Tony Collette obviously joins the cast in the lead role. I can role. actually see Harrison Ford in the role. But, you know, I think Colin Firth was just amazing because, you know, there were times when he played it so well that in one minute you actually really, really liked the character and then the next minute you couldn't stand him. He That's just right. did it so beautifully. Yes. And um, now as I alluded, the, the, um, the original the Staircase is actually a documentary made by French filmmaker Jean-Xavier de l'Estrade, um, who actually 
goes into Michael Peterson's life and films um, the whole story mm. of the trial and then goes back for two later parts of filming as the story continues for, um, without giving anything away for longer periods of time. Mm. Now, did you know that members of the original documentary team, including its creator, Jean Xavier, took exception, Kim, to the series and they suggested that the team made editorial choices in order to portray Michael Peterson in a more sympathetic way. Yeah, I, I um, thought about that during it and while was- watching the series and I, I can see why they, they said that because they certainly did portray him in a good light and there were times when, you know, probably he didn't deserve it. No. Well, if we look at the um, the death on the staircase, which mm. is oh. what you can watch on Netflix. And I tell you, it was brutal over and over again. I had to look away. Oh, as in, as in the, oh, as in the, yeah. Now, it's look, awful. I don't think it matters which order you watch these two shows in. So you can go and watch the staircase, which is the dramatization. Mm. So it's, you know, it's um, a retelling of the story and it's retold really, really well. Um, but if you're interested in the true crime, you know, and the actual documentary that was made at the time, Death on the Staircase, is the documentary that you can see over on Netflix. Um, now, and it's on Netflix at the moment. So, and again, it follows, as I said, live the story of um, Michael Peterson after his wife has died. Um, the medical examiner um, has determined that she's been beaten with a weapon, which has led to Michael Peterson becoming a suspect. Uh, it, it was originally eight episodes, the documentary, um, and it released in 2005, uh, 12 oh. months after the, the trial. It was updated again in 2013 and again in 2018, and it follows the investigations. It proceeds from um, his arrest to the verdict that's reached in the ensuing trial and then some of the aftermath of that several years later. And the courtroom, you know, it, it's a real-life courtroom thriller that offers a rare and revealing look, I think, inside. But when you watch this version on Netflix, you will be absolutely blown away by the cast and the acting in the dramatic version over on um, Binge. It's incredible. So the woman that plays the district attorney, you, you remember her? Parker Posey. Absolutely incredible. So she, in, in real life, the, the um, assistant district attorney's closing um, speech is incredibly powerful. Mm. Um, and you see that on the docu-series, the, the documentary, and then you go and watch the, watch the version over on Binge. Her acting is absolutely phenomenal. It could be the mm. same woman. It's it's remarkable how she has the southern accent down so well. It's wonderful to see her back on the on the screen again because you know she was a huge part of I think the eighties and nineties. She was great. I don't know who she is. I'm going to show my ignorance. Mm. Yeah, no, she was good. I can't tell you what she was in. She was in a lot of good things, but um, yeah, I recognised her straight away. So you know, if um, if true crime dramas are your thing, as I said, this has been podcast it's been a, a documentary series if this is what you like i mean this one's certainly cut through and it's made it through and it's you know got huge viewing audiences globally right around the world at the mm. moment but um it was very hard in parts to watch but so hard to stop watching you know and at the end you know you, you have to try and work out whether or not you think he's innocent or guilty mm. um, so what kind of score are you looking I'm at i'm going to give it a four and a half stars kim a mm. very sad story um you know and real and true and um Oh, I just have to watch it. See, I, I don't 100% agree with you on this one. I thoroughly enjoyed probably the first four episodes, couldn't get enough of them, and then I lost interest. I lost interest and it, I just kind of petered off from it all. It wasn't that the acting was um, 
uh, wasn't great because it really was. I think it just kind of became repetitive and I think it, it focused more on that documentary in, in a lot of ways. And I, I yeah, I, I got a little bit bored with it um, and especially because – uh, without giving too much away, I wanted to know who did it. I wanted to know <laughs> but I what think, was going on. I don't think you're going to know, Kim. That's the whole point, isn't it? Because it's a true crime and it's it's contentious either way. Some people think Michael Peterson is guilty and others think Michael Peterson is innocent. Yeah. And you can make up your own mind at the end of at the end of the the, the program. Um, yeah. And and I would watch both of them. I would watch the documentary and the the mini series that brings to life that true crime story. So your score? Look, I'm glad I watched it, but I'm only going to give it two and a half. Okay, well, there you go. Well, we've got um, some music from this. So this is Enya's Echoes in the Rain. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC. And when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Caram. Tune in and enjoy. If you're the Caramway, just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lakes, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house, just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall. Real estate. Oh, yeah, a little real estate. We want more. There you go. Welcome back to Radio Caram Girls on Film. And that was a beautiful song there by Enya. Kim, you've been um, to the theatre. My word, you're getting out and about at the moment. You know how much I love the theatre. I probably have been a lot lately. I think I've seen a theatre production once every fortnight for the last couple of months. Um, But it is my thing and I do love it. I've been along and I saw a girl from North Country. I took my mum. And um, and we had a lovely time down at the Comedy Theatre in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, go and play the trailer and uh, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that if you can. Thanks, Carenza. Indeedy. Yeah, so that was a great trailer. Very short, though. I would have loved was getting into trailer. it. And, and all of a sudden it came to an end. I love that song. I didn't realise how much I liked, how much I liked Mr Bob Dylan. I know, I know. I wish we had have gone and seen him a couple of years ago when he was here in Melbourne. But um, on this occasion, this look, the girl from North Country is actually um, focused, as I said before, around all of Bob or a lot of Bob Dylan's hit songs. I mean, there were a few missing, um, which I was a bit disappointed about. But um, it showcased probably twenty of his of wow. his, you know, uh, good songs. Um, and look, can I tell you, Lisa McCoon, uh, legendary Australia's very own Golden Girl. Uh, portrayed the lead role in this superbly. Uh, I didn't know she could sing so well. Like I've been to several productions. I think I saw her, her in King and I, The King and I, way back in 2014. And I also uh, saw her in um, South Pacific. And, and she sang she sang quite well. But, oh, my goodness, in this, she just blew my mind. She was amazing. Um, she, You probably know her. She was the... the um, a uh, girl from uh, Blue Healers and Sea Patrol, and she's won four gold logies. So, you know, she really is Australia's very own golden girl. Um, so since the opening at the Old Vic in London, the girl from North Country has taken the theatrical world by storm. 
and it's now one of the most critically acclaimed productions of the 21st century, Grenza. Goodness gracious I know, me. it's huge. It's it did have a big run though, did it, here in Melbourne? I know it's going across the country, but it was a fairly short run. I think it played for a couple of months. Oh, okay. Yeah, it did. It's played for a while. It, it was in Sydney first and then it played in Melbourne and it's heading off to New Zealand after this Goodness. for a little while and then it, it comes back to Australia okay. and it goes into Canberra for a while and then back up to Brisbane. And, you know, I've got a feeling um, a little bit like um, Come From Away, you know, that was yes. a fairly short um, production Burst. yeah, it at the start and, and that's just coming back because it was so popular and same with this, this was really popular. Um, yeah, so it's straight out of Broadway and it was a sellout on Broadway as well. So, yeah, but it's a story of love and loss and it's written around more than the 20 Bob Dylan songs that I spoke about earlier. Um, it's set in Minnesota back in 1934 in a guest house, which is run by Nick Lane um, during the Great Depression. Or it's yeah, it's basically just as the Great Depression sets in. Actually, um, his life is juggling um, enormous responsibilities, including his wife, which is played by Lisa, and okay. she's she's got actually got dementia. Oh, okay. Yeah, and having said that, she's right off with the pixies, really. She is uh, running around um, causing havoc. Uh, he's trying to run a guest house and um, she's stealing things from, from guests and just being, being really wacky. And, she, you know, she is just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I could have watched her all day, actually, or all night. Um, yeah, so um, he's also... Um, you know, looking after his alcoholic son, his pregnant daughter, and then you've got the guests that move into the guest house, which is, you know, there's a boxer that's just uh, run off from prison, which is based around the hurricane. That, the hurricane, absolutely. He he would have been a world world uh, champion boxer had he not uh, got into trouble. Um, and you've got you know the criminals, you've got people that are running away from um, their life's worries and so forth, and it's all all made into this amazing amazing show which um i thoroughly enjoyed i knew nothing about it before i went along and sometimes that's a really good thing i like that because then you can be really quite pleasantly surprised and i was i really was both mum and i were really pleasantly surprised because um yeah we we didn't have any expectations in, in fact our expectations probably were quite low and we left um pumped Absolutely, and we thought it was one of the uh, our favourite productions. I in a like long, it long when while. you feel like that. That's how I felt when I saw Jagged Little Pill. I thought, yeah. oh, I like Alanis Morissette. I don't know what that storyline's about. Oh my word! Um, but yeah, terrific. It's good when, and I think it makes a difference, doesn't it? When you go and see a musical, where you actually know the songs. Yeah, I think it does something. It switches something on because you find yourself singing along, you know, and, and you're automatically already smiling and enjoying things. Yeah, that's versus, right. A bit like Moulin Rouge when we went along oh, with knew every single song, and I think that helped with yes. the actual. Yeah, process. it does. I think yeah. it does. And sometimes I find when you go and see something, you you know nothing about it, and you don't know any of the music mm. or any of the songs. It, sometimes that can be a hard slog, and you're like, "Whoa, what's kind of yeah. going on here?" Unless they're truly awesome. It's a bit like West Side Story for me. Um, there's a couple of good hits in there, but many years ago, I saw it at the Regent. And I I walked out halfway through at interval. Uh, I'm going to give it another try. Maybe I'll uh, take a look at that. Uh, next, but um, look, this this was uh, had seven Tony Award nominations off Broadway. Oh, that's so pretty good. That's then. massive, including Best Musical. Um, so, yeah, very very good. Um, 
Yeah, look, I'm going to give it. Um, I'm going to look at this and give it four stars. Four stars. Yeah. You're feeling generous today, Kim. You've given a four to five and a two. And I a know. Half. I know. Look, it was a really great. Uh, and I'm I, look. I can be quite critical when it comes to theatre productions because you know I base it on previous ones that I've seen, and uh, and I have to set a huge bar against a lot of them. So to get a four, that's a huge score for a theatre production. So obviously we're going to play a Bob Dylan track, yes. aren't we? We have to, and I'm guessing it's. The the title track it is the title track the girl from north country well let's have a listen bob dylan here on girls on film you are listening to radio carom This is Minimum Wong. You're listening to Radio Karam. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Wow, that was a, a really, we had a great conversation actually just as that song was playing, Kim, because we recognised some of those lyrics. Yeah, did you know that Bob Dylan actually took two lines of uh, the original Scarborough Affair, the yes. song that was played in The Graduate and made famous in The Graduate by, by Simon, Simon and Garfunkel? Garfunkel. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, um, and he took two of those lines and uh, embedded it in that song. Now, he didn't actually write Scarborough Affair and neither did Simon and Garfunkel, even though Paul Simon took credit for writing that. Oh. It was actually written by Martin. Carthy, who was actually a really good friend of Bob Dylan's, so he asked permission to take those two, uh, the, that line that of lyrics, chunk. and uh, yeah, and that's where that came from. Because I sent you, I know those lines. Mm. They're they're from Scarborough Fair. There you go. There you go. Well, um, finally, to bring the show home, Kim, I am going to talk about sex education. Now, mm. this is a show over on Netflix that's been taking the internet and the world by storm. It's got phenomenal critic rating so I figured it was time to check it out let's have a listen to the trailer that's right Ames thanks who's this hey, that's Steve oh Amy the goat hey sis what's in your face it's a moustache I've been growing it all summer I forgot to tell you I saw Maeve the other day I don't need to know what Maeve is doing anymore. Here are the students currently attending what has been dubbed the sex school. Oh. <laughs> good morning, morning. How is everyone feeling today? Really good. I am your new head teacher. Seems that there are some students here who get a kick out of giving us a bad name. It changes today. Oh. What? I think I'm ready to, you know, really. You were puffed on that girl. There is a battle happening in the sexual health of our teenagers. Oh. I will get Mordale back on track. 
What is that? It's my shame sign. Sex will ruin your life. What? No! You can't be teaching this stuff. It's backwards. I'm not getting involved anymore. Things are easier when you don't care. I don't think you stopped caring. I think you had your heart broken. What are you doing here? She needed a lift. That's convenient. The quicker you and your fragile little peers realize that you're not that special, the better. Listen up, everyone. We're all gonna die. Come on! We live in completely different worlds, Amy. I just want to be the old me again. You may never be the old you, but that's okay. You can make things better. I'm not good at talking, but I want to change. You shouldn't ever give someone power to humiliate you. You're great. Just the way you are. <laughs> well, there you have it, Kim. That is uh, the uh, season three trailer of Netflix's Sex Education that has just been commissioned for a fourth season. Now, Netflix is a British comedy drama. It's um, created by uh, Netflix and it follows the lives of a group of students, staff and parents of the fictional Moordale Secondary College over in the United Kingdom as they contend with various personal dilemmas often related to sex and sexual intimacy, hence the mm. headline um, Sex Education. Now, it's got an ensemble cast that are absolutely terrific and it has my total favourite Gillian Anderson oh, in really? it as oh, well. My favourite too, I love her. So look, I would I would define this as a teen drama. Um, and you know what? When I was a young kid growing up, I wish there had been television shows like this. There was one of my friends that actually said to me, you know, as parents of a teenager, you've got to watch this. Now, you might have found some of this hard, I reckon, <laughs> to watch because you're a self-confessed prude. Yes. Um, and it talks, it's all about sex and it's all about teenagers and sex and parents and how they manage and cope with all of those things so it's first released in january 2019 um to a huge um viewing audience season two landed in 2020 um season three in 2021 and the fourth series was announced um just late last year Mm -hmm. and it's about to start filming in july of this year now it's received um significant critical acclaim for its ensemble cast its writing its directing its production values and mature treatment of the themes that it talks about so you remember as a kid growing up, like life was not easy, was it? It was difficult and it was hard and you were navigating so many things. Well, talking of prudes, I can't imagine Dana Scully from, uh, <coughs> what, what was it, uh, X-Files. Yes. She was the biggest prude of all. I can't imagine her playing in this. Oh, well, you have to see her because she plays, well, I'll tell you in a moment. So, do you know, it had 40 million viewers worldwide streamed the first series and its, and its audience has just grown and grown since then. So, look, Sex Education follows the story of Otis. He's a young boy. He's probably a bit of a nerd he's a student at Mordell Secondary College and he begins the series fairly ambivalent about sex now I think it particularly is because his single mother Jean who's played by Gillian Anderson superbly can I add is a sex therapist Mm -hmm. now she has frequently has affairs with male suitors but she's unable to maintain like long-term stable relationships and Otis I think really struggles with his mum and his mum being so out there and open to talking about sex. Now we get to meet um, Otis's best friend Eric. Uh, Now he's the gay son of a um, Nigerian um, immigrant so there's a whole story that unfolds there. Maeve um, who um, 
Oh, uh, Otis has a love-hate relationship with, but eventually falls in love with her. Um, a rebellious teen now, her um, who lives in the caravan park. Mum, oh, how can I describe mum? Uh, chaotic, mm-hmm. off the rails. She's a mum that drinks and smokes mm-hmm. and, and doesn't really care about her kids at all. And so Mabe's pretty much left to fend for herself. And in fact, mum vanishes, leaving this 16-year-old girl to try and pay the bills and keep things going in a caravan park, which is what she calls home. We also get to meet Adam Groff, the headmaster's son, again, a very complex character who develops a bullying nature out of his own self-loathing. And I think some of the story is what you see isn't often what's really beneath the surface because we meet Jackson Marchetti, the head boy of the school, who's struggling to meet all of the high demands set for him by his two mums um, who expect him to be a champion swimmer and he doesn't want to be. So we see how he goes about sabotaging some of those things and his own feelings. And it, it delves a lot into mental health too. Great. Um, and, and it does it in a really sensitive, really good way. We get the um, the popular clique known as the Untouchables, all the fabulous kids, and then you've got the nerds and all of the things that go along with that. So as I said, there's three series. In the first series, we see Otis um, set up a sex therapy clinic with Maeve Mm -hmm. um, to help the students of Mordell with their sexual problems. And their business becomes a huge success. Um, Season two, new students arrive and they challenge the status quo at the school, um, including Orla, who arrives, who becomes Otis's first actual girlfriend. Now, Eric helps his former bully, Adam, to come to terms with his sexuality. So you can imagine the school bully realises that he's gay and the story that comes with that. And then much to Otis's horror, Jean becomes the school's resident sex therapist as a chlamydia outbreak causes the teens to question and struggle with a whole bunch of topical issues. Um, season two ends with the um, the the sort of you know the annual school production, which chooses a, a very interesting, shall I say, mm-hmm. song, um, and which we won't be playing today because um, it has a very strong language advisory, which causes the headmaster to lose his job. And in season three, we see a new um, school principal come mm. in with the theme: "I'm going to clean up the school." Um, it's just absolutely terrific, Kim. I mean, in terms of reception, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes season That's one. That's pretty good. 98% season two, 97% season three. Um, It's had phenomenal, phenomenal reviews and it's won a tremendous number of scores as well. Um, The Daily Mirror um, gave it five out of five Um, and simply because it tackles... um, sexuality and issues of sex for Mm. young people that often parents find it really hard to talk about Mm. and kids kind of go under the radar so as a parent watching it it kind of took me back to remembering oh my god all the things that happened in school when we were kids growing up and you know the challenges around that (laughs) and how difficult it is and I remember as a kid thinking like I've never talked to my parents and I watched that show and I thought crikey you know the the takeaway message for me was how do you become the parent that your kids can talk to I learned all about the birds and the bees from the the book where did you come from do you remember that yeah, no I don't know but I didn't I learned none book. of it none of it from my yeah. parents and I really wish there was a show like this when I was a kid um now the the actor that plays the uh black gay teen Eric um he's got heaps of praise um because you know his the way he's portrayed that role is phenomenal and he, he's going on there to be the new Doctor Who oh I know who he is yeah so um okay. I might have to give the show uh, um, 
you know, I'll watch. I might have to bite the bullet. It's Teresa. been nominated, oh. nominated for bite the bullet. It's been nominated for so many awards, Kim, as well as winning a whole bunch too, including um, best actor at the Baftas, and I said that's the young man that played Eric, who's okay. now going on to be Doctor Who. Uh, uh, some really powerful stories about um, his coming out, whether what going back to Nigeria and actually it's illegal and what mm. that means and having to hide that. As I said, they tackle some really powerful storylines. You know, there's the story of the um, person in the wheelchair that may falls for and it's you know well okay. you know someone in a wheelchair you know navigating yeah. having a sex life you know yeah. and it's why is sex taboo i think is what this show really challenges and should it be and why is otis so embarrassed with his mum because she's actually really willing to talk to him about mm. sex but you know teenagers are like that though aren't they so um, yeah. I, I might, you know what, I until you just gave that, um, you know, a bit of a repertoire of, about it, I didn't realise that it was a, a UK um, production. I always thought it was a US production. No, and it's got, as I said, it's got brave reviews. Yeah. It is confronting. Okay. It's really confronting when you, you know, as a parent to watch, it's really confronting. Mm. I said, there's scenes that are going to make you feel f- quite uncomfortable, but I reckon every parent should watch this mm. and we should remember what it's like to be a young person and all of the things that you grapple with because i think being a teenager can be really really lonely at times that was certainly my memory of being a teenager and feeling that i couldn't talk to anybody about the things that were going on in my life so parents get out there and watch this sit through your uncomfortableness sit through the bits that make you cringe and want to hide under the covers and go oh my god i can't watch that i can't watch that you need to watch this show and if you've got teenagers in the house get some earphones i take it so <laughs> definitely get some earphones yeah. and don't watch it on a plane um okay for those of you who might be going around holidays so look i've got some great music for this show this week kim it's got a banging soundtrack oh my goodness i could have played so many songs but i went through the playlist this one just struck me as absolutely the perfect song to play today roxy music's love oh, is the drug sex education love it. for me five stars all the way. Hi, I'm Freddie from Freddie's Kitchen. Let's get behind Radio Karam. Go Karam. Come on, Freddie's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. I feel like a mystic pizza tonight. Well, you have been listening to Girls on Film and Kim. Round us out for our scores this week. Well, look. Carenza, we had uh, Top Gun and Sex Education come away as clear winners, both with 10. Now, I'm, I failed to tell you guys that with Top Gun, it had an all-star cast, and I forgot all about it. Ed Harris, John Hamm, um, Jennifer Connelly came back, um, not from the first uh, movie, but from the 80s. <laughs> from the 80s. <laughs> Absolutely. She made a, a rapid return. And look, it stars Miles Teller, which all the youngies listening will love because he Fantastic. really is an up-and-coming actor. So, so two 10-star shows this week. Yeah. You have to go and see. That's right. Now, a Girl from North Country came in at an eight. Beautiful. And uh, The Staircase, even though it was a really good film, I did give it two and a half, but because you gave it four and a half, it um, gave us a seven. A seven for a series, not a film, I should say. So, look, it is worth a watch. It just, 
I just tape it off at the end with that one, that's all. Well, you have been listening to Girls on Film here on Radio Caram. It's time for us to say goodbye, Kim. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Caram and Patterson Lakes. And we will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.